1: What is going on everybody? We are one game away from wrapping up week 10. It is crazy to think that we are about to be moving into week 11 just a couple weeks away from fantasy playoffs if you're lucky enough to get there. Uh we've got a bunch of games and a bunch of interesting storylines to talk about today before the last game, Bears Vikings, which actually could end up being a fairly good one. Matt, how you doing today?
2: Well, doing better than the Broncos. Uh they, they they got pounded, probably doing better than Drew Brees' ribs. Um and lung. Yeah,
1: that's all. That la, not, that,
2: well, that, not the, that was a little brutal. Uh, yeah. but it's actually been pretty nice, uh, pretty nice day today. Um, our weather guy refused to give it a 10 because it's a Monday, but <laughs> gave it a, a 9.5. Um, and I think it lived up to that. I'm looking forward to tonight. Uh yeah. It seems like every time we think. A primetime game is going to be good. It takes a dump on us. And every time I'm suspect, it uh, it ends up being good. So I was a little suspect hope. yesterday. <laughs> yeah,
1: we can only hope because I need Alan Robinson. I love A-Rob. I need him to shit the bed tonight badly. I need a win. I need a win badly. And I need him to come. You know what? I take that back. Give five points. I'm cool with that.
2: Do you think... Get- uh- how how quickly do you think Ryan Pace chartered a plane to Miami to go get Jordan Howard today?
1: You know it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if they bring him back or not. With Montgomery coming back, they've got. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing, anyways. I mean, <laughs> so,
2: that, so like Montgomery's been the second coming of CMC.
1: Well, no, I know that, but I'm saying like I don't, I don't think getting Jordan Howard's going to help their team any because. Matt Nagy's still going to only run the ball five times the entire game. And Jordan well, Howard's probably going to get six carries for eight yards instead of six carries for seven yards. Like, uh,
2: You know what the real bummer is tonight is he finally gave up play calling duties to Bill Lazor. Yeah. But we won't actually see if they're going to commit to running the ball more because they actually have no running back tonight. So yeah. it's it's an ironic situation all the way around.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's going to be interesting. Speaking of running backs, uh David Johnson was out in the loss to the Browns with the Texans. Browns won this one 10 to 7, a crazy shootout. What a what an amazing game that was to watch, I'm telling you. Uh for Houston side Watson 14 points, Duke Johnson 5, Will Fuller 8 and Brandon Cooks 9. Uh David Johnson as I mentioned was on the IR. Duke mustered just 54 yards rushing, no passing work. It was a tough matchup as I mentioned on Friday with it being uh, the Browns. As as they showed, if you guys watched the game, they're rated as the 11th best defense against the run right now. Should we worry about him as a play with David Johnson out? Uh, ZWar34, I see your question. We are not here to talk politics. We're here to talk fantasy football. You you are more than welcome to hit us up on Twitter and DMs, and I will answer that question, but I'm not here to talk politics right now. I apologize if that upsets you. Matt. Thoughts on Duke Johnson with David Johnson out.
2: Well, so, you know, our, uh, if you follow the show channel on Twitter, one of the questions we had before yesterday's games was a hundred or more total yards for Duke Johnson, because it seemed like with a crappy weather game, which is really kind of why the scores were compressed, you know, you couldn't see Watson airing it out, um, which actually probably helped the Browns defense because not the, not the strength of the Browns' defense this year it has not been the secondary. Probably helped having those wins. I think almost everyone that responded thought that Duke Johnson was going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred uh, total yards. Only fourteen touches, fifty-four rushing yards. Not not great. Not terrible. No passing game work. It is a tough matchup, but I do have some concerns. I think there was a lot of people that wanted to believe going into that game you could roll him out and get low-end RB2 numbers, which is kind of what we were getting from David Johnson. That may not be the case. Yeah.
1: Yes, you are right. I'm sorry. This is American football, not not football football. You you would be correct on that. Um, I, I'm not as worried about Duke Johnson. Um, you know, I, I mentioned before, obviously being a big fan of his when he was with Cleveland, uh, it was a bad game. That offense could not get anything going in general. It was just a bad game overall. I watched every snap of that. Just a uh, very, very bad game. Hey, at uh, least your team won. That is true. I watched every step
2: and lost by twenty five.
1: I will take the win. It was it was a little. It was it was very nerve wracking for a while, especially when it was like three nothing throughout almost the entire game. Uh, But it was. I just think it was a bad game overall. I'm I'm not too worried about Duke. Uh, He's gonna keep getting the ball with David Johnson on IR. They got put on IR last week, so he's got to miss at least two more games because he's only missed the one with Cleveland here. So. The one thing I will say is the passing work. I don't expect it to come. They don't. We've talked about this in the offseason. Deshaun Watson does not check the ball down. So we even saw with David Johnson out there. He was only getting maybe a couple of games. So you're going to have to rely on him rushing the ball. And I'm going to be honest, that's probably what you're looking at is anywhere from 50 to 70 yards a game. He's not an overall talented runner, I would say, in between the tackles. He's a guy you need to get out in space. And that offensive line, in my opinion, is not good enough to clear holes for him to hit that space to make big plays. So you're looking at, for me, a, a low-end flex, in my opinion, for Duke Johnson the next couple weeks.
2: Isn't it ironic that the Texans managed to bring in two running backs whose last name is Johnson, who, to maximize their value, are specialized in being effective pass catchers that they have no intention of using in that way?
1: Yeah, well, that goes to you know their old general manager and coach, Bill O'Brien, doing a lot of dumb things to screw over this franchise, which, I mean, I'm going to be – I don't know if you heard the news on this, not that it's fantasy relevant, but a lot of the talk is they're going to keep Romeo Crennel on as head coach next season because they don't think uh, with the way everything's going right now, there's no guarantee that COVID will clear up and they won't be able to do in-person interviews and they just don't feel they can get a – true understanding of what a person is if they don't do in-person interviews so yeah Romeo which look don't I love Romeo now I thought he was
2: for the most part an
1: okay head coach with Cleveland he's a great defensive coach he's not
2: but I mean what part. are they what are they even gonna do their only wins this year are against Jacksonville <clears throat> they don't have the most talented roster and they have no picks and now you're talking about Romeo Cornell might be a fine coach. He's not an incredibly creative or dynamic yeah. coach, which seems to be kind of what you need if you're trying to get over the hump. Uh, you know, Texans fans, just the warm embrace yeah. of the show. Well, just-
1: he could he could bring in some exciting offensive coordinator. We don't know. There's a lot of college guys that are talking about wanting to go to the NFL level. Now, he could bring somebody in. I mean, I don't know what the biggest thing I think is, I and mean, I can't remember who that person is. They were talking about keeping on the interim gm whoever it is right now as well because they don't want to just so i mean i don't know it's kind of hard to say because i would say the the interim gm
2: probably doesn't have a lot of moves he can possibly exactly it's not like they had assets or exactly the the only thing they could really do would be to decide they were going to start over and try to move watson I mean, at this point in time, that's probably their only – I like J.J. Watt, but he's probably a little bit past his yeah. prime. And since he's already given comments that indicate he wants to be no part of a rebuild, I don't know that that's the easiest guy to move either because it's not like you have a lot of trade leverage. There not a lot of easy options to fix this for Houston.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is that, I mean, regardless of if they keep Romeo Cornell there or, and the interim GM, I mean, outside of like massive hits on your third and fourth round picks, because Bill O'Brien traded away a bunch of their first and seconds, it's going to be hard to say that these guys are doing or not doing a good job because they just don't have much to build around on the team right now. And they don't have much draft capital either for the next two drafts. So Houston's kind of going to be in a bad spot for a couple years uh on Cleveland side Baker just five points in this one Chubb 18 hunt 16 Landry five and hooper two Chubb was back and looked amazing not only did he look amazing but we saw kareem hunt all of a sudden look a whole lot better as well oh. uh is having Chubb there the key to this Browns offense making a playoff run
2: I think it is there was uh a graphic that they flashed I think it was on Sunday night football. They're four and one with Nick Chubb and only two and two without him. And when you look at the yards and the points per game and everything, it's a massive difference. He is a difference maker. And I think part of the reason that Hunt ends up looking better is you have Chubb just pounding it and pounding it and pounding it. And then they bring in a guy who's fresh and talented, who doesn't have to carry the whole thing by himself. Their offense has looked its best this season when those two guys are both humming along.
1: Yeah, I, I am with you. Obviously, Chubb had, a, you know, uh, as we were talking about off podcast, could have had a well, huge
2: game <laughs> could have
1: could have really helped me possibly not have to sweat out this game tonight. Uh, but I understand it. it it's funny. Um, as upset as I was kind of about that play, I understood it because many people may not remember this and granted this is your new, this is new Cleveland Browns. It's not your dad's Cleveland Browns is the way I worded it on Twitter to somebody. Uh, but it was, I want to say four years ago, the Browns were up 14 points with a minute on the clock against the Chicago bears and lost that game. So Chubb did the right thing for the team, stepped out on the one, no way the Texans could get the ball back. Now, again, I would say there's highly it was highly unlikely they came back and win that game. There was forty something seconds on the clock yeah. when he stepped out of bounds. So if he scores, the chances of them scoring they would have to score on like two plays at the worst, and then possibly thank you, buddy. And then and then get the onside kick and score on the next play. Then again, we saw Kyler Murray drive down the field in 30 <laughs> seconds to score a touchdown. So you never know. It could have happened, but I'm glad I'm all in all honesty, glad Chubb stepped out of bounds because I wanted the Browns to take the win. Sucks because, uh, as we'll get to here in a little bit, the Raiders won, Dol- Dolphins won. Um, so Tennessee won on Thursday. So this playoff race is uh, really tight. And as I mentioned when it happened, that uh, that bad loss to the to the Raiders might really come back and haunt them here uh, toward the end of the year because that is uh, pretty good. They, yeah, they have looked good. And that's a so game with Miami. They should have won. Yeah, they should have won and see the Browns don't get a chance to play Miami. Now they have the, They have the win on the Colts, which is good. And Baltimore... Well, let's oh, that's we'll right. stay, but so that's stay it. I'll for a more interesting talk later. Or later in the a week, better,
2: better chance with the Ravens dropping out. That was what I was thinking.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't even know if they lost. I'm gonna be honest. I went to bed early last night, so I but I saw that this morning. And but you know the same thing. That means I would almost say the Browns have to pretty much win out and then obviously beat Baltimore that next time they play each other, which is not gonna be easy. Although I don't think I. Let me look. Let me before I before I make this statement, let me look at the six and three teams here in the AFC really quick. Okay, yes, I do feel comfortable saying no because I do not think Indy is very good either. Damn it. I was going to say, in my opinion, Baltimore is the worst six and three team in the AFC. They just do not look like a good team, in my opinion. But man, neither does Indy. And I'm going to be honest, neither does Tennessee here lately either. So I guess I can't say that they are the worst. Yeah. Uh, Lions, uh, Lions, Washington here ended up being a good game. The Lions won thirty-two twenty-seven. Alex Smith sixteen points. Antonio Gibson twenty-two. J.D. McKissick seventeen. Terry McLaurin seventeen. And Logan Thomas ten. What were your thoughts on Alex Smith being back, going for over three hundred passing yards? Kind of looked like the old Alex Smith. It was good to see him back and slinging the ball the way that he was yesterday.
2: Yeah, it looks like. I mean, I think he went for three ninety yesterday. It's pretty good. It's his first. They said it was his first start, I think, in 28 months, um, which are really – it's good to see him back out there. It's kind of exciting for him to see him back out there. I thought he looked pretty good when he came in in relief, just maybe a little tentative, a little rusty. I thought he looked better yesterday. Um, And with him in there, they're really maximizing their weapons with – Gibson, uh, McKissick, and McLaren. I, I mean, I think all three of those are really comfortable, good starts every week right now.
1: Yeah, and, and what I found even more interesting, trying to figure out why they haven't been doing this all season, especially like, oh, I don't know, when you had Dwayne Haskins, at quarterback, why weren't you doing this like using Terry McLaurin in the running game like they did yesterday, which was effective as well? Why weren't you using J.D. McKissick as a check down back? Why were you throwing out Peyton fucking Barber instead of Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick? That's what's frustrating for me being a a guy who believed in Dwayne Haskins is it seems like now all of a sudden they want to do all this innovative stuff with the offense that they did not want to do with Dwayne Haskins, but I'm, I'm happy. Uh,
2: And as shitty as the season has been, you know, we'll get to it when we get to giants, Eagles, the NFC East, anyone of those teams could still win. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm now of the opinion. We may have a five or six win team.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to be honest with you and I hate saying this because I did pick the Eagles to win, I'm done with the Eagles. I hope it's the Giants or Washington because regardless of whatever team wins, they're getting bounced in the first round anyways at this point. So I would yeah. rather see a Alex Smith-led Washington football team make the playoffs than Carson Wentz and these, these Eagles. I'm done. I don't even like the Eagles to begin with. I'm done. This is so frustrating watching them play. So, yeah, I would love to see – washington make it and they've got a shot i mean it sucks obviously losing yesterday to the lions if they ended up pulling that one out which was not matt prater kicked like a 61 yard field goal to end up winning that one anyways (laughs) 59. Uh, 59 yeah so i mean it was uh it was a ridiculous win for the lions they're much one that they needed as well with uh stafford going for 23 points finally we see them lean on deandre swift and we finally see that that kid is oh yeah He's been good, like all of us have been telling you. He gets twenty five points. Great hurdles in that game. I mean, all in all, great game by Swift there. Uh, Marvin Jones twenty three points. Marvin Hall fourteen points. And TJ Hawkinson, kind of the the left the guy left holding the bag here, which is three points with everybody else going off. Swift was finally named the starter, and he obviously thrived. Uh, do you think this is the start of a big second half, or I guess I should say playoff push for us fantasy teams? Because we're really kind of past the midway point. So you're getting him for that hopeful big playoff run here.
2: Well, it could be a playoff push for uh, the Lions for that matter. You know, depending on how tonight's game goes, if the Vikings win, you have really a tight pack of of teams behind the Packers that all have five losses. You're seeing a lot of tight packs in a lot of these divisions, which is going to make this last seven weeks of the season, I think, a real blast, Um, especially with how many You know, with adding another playoff team and stuff, but Detroit, they're a frustrating team because sometimes they look really good and really competent, and the offense looks like it's moving. And then the next week, you just don't know what the plan is. It was encouraging. They said they were making Swift the starter, and they actually committed to him, giving him a lion's share of the carries, getting him involved in the passing game. He had 149 total yards and touchdown. I thought he looked really good. It was a, a really exciting battle uh, between him and Gibson. That was one of the poll questions we put up on our feed yesterday, which rookie was going to be better. I think Gibson ends up with a slight fantasy point edge, but the Lions come back and win. Both those guys were able to show out and are looking good with their teams. I thought Stafford looked better. I I hope it's the start of a run of them yeah. figuring out what they need to be successful. The times that they've let swift do his thing they've looked better on the field and they've gotten better results
1: well yeah i mean i I think it's fair to say with detroit they've really been in every single game it's just been kind of letting leads slip away or or just kind of not finishing out a game like they did yesterday i mean they could have a much better record um as for the rookies i think swift looked better I, i watched a lot of that game just the way he was running i mean gibson no, nothing against Gibson, but I mean, Swift was my number one running back coming out. And, and this is exactly why I saw everybody talking about it on Twitter. And I'm going to, I, you know what? I'm going to boast for us here a little bit. And if Dennis were here, I'd boast for Dennis as well. Uh, we were three people who were saying, don't take landing spot that big of a deal because all those people who boosted ceh up above everybody else, because he landed with the chiefs. And what were we saying now? Swift was still my one. I think, I don't remember who your one was. I think DeAndre – it was either uh, Dobbin or Taylor Ta- was, was – Taylor Dennis was my one. one. And, and I'm pretty sure Taylor was Dennis' one as well, which still, I'm not throwing in the talent Taylor. It's just not going to work this year, but he's still a great back move forward. But that's the thing. Everybody was so on that, that hype train for CEH because he landed with the Chiefs, and landing spot is not the end-all, be-all. Talent is the end-all, be-all, and, and that's why Swift was my number one. I'm excited to see what he can do the rest of the season. Cause it was definitely fun seeing him get all the, the carries yesterday. Uh, what are we on Jacksonville and the Packers, a much closer game than I expected it to be the Packers pulled off the victory here, 24 to 20, uh, for the Jags, uh, Jake Luton, eight points in this one. It was Dobbins for Dennis. Okay, cool, Dennis. And again, I think Dobbins is going to be, I mean, he looked somewhat good last night. And, and once Mark Ingram is out of there, who cost him the game last night, I think, Dobbins is gonna be a smash, a smash top 12 RB next year. Uh, but anyways, uh Robinson 13 points, uh fucking Keelan Cole, 21 points, and DJ chark part nine. of that
2: was uh part of that was on a punt return.
1: I know, but still, can he just go away, man? Like he's just I need chark. I need I mean- chark. And it keeps going to Keelan Cole. It's so frustrating. Uh, Jake Luton struggled in week two here. What do we expect going forward with him? I honestly don't think they go back to Minshew, so I think it, it's it's Luton, Luton, whatever moving forward.
2: I don't know though. It feels like it could be a Minshew folds kind of situation from last year too. Luton looked good. Luton, Lutton, however, uh, yeah, the big we're L. We're
1: just gonna go with Luton or Luton, I'm gonna, whatever. I'm gonna but go just, with
2: the big L. Big the big L, L uh, came out and looked uh, decent in racking up an L last week. Uh, he didn't look that great this week. It reminds me a little bit of when you saw Minshew come on, he kind of exploded. Then he had some down game. If if the big L struggles continue and Minshew's back healthy, I mean, it could take Minshew a while to come back healthy. I don't yeah. think you break break bones in your throwing hand and are just you know right back at it in a week or two. So I, I think they'll give him – Give them a few weeks. I don't think, despite what Derek Marone keeps saying, I don't think they're trying to win. And if they are, they don't have enough to win because they're still sitting on the one win that they got opening day. It's been a long stretch for Jaguar fans. Wow, It's possible they flip back again. I, I think it's still going to be frustrating owning Shark either way.
1: It is, yes. It's going to be very frustrating. Uh, You know, if I'm a Jags fan, I'm excited. Keep losing, baby. Lock up Justin Fields. You're gonna be just fine once that happens. Cause I'm
2: pretty sure Trevor Lawrence is gonna go to the Jets. So just I'm keep pretty going. sure Trevor Lawrence is gonna stay in school if the Jets keep on their track.
1: You know, that would be so bad either. Mac Jones, Trey Lance. I'm I'm fine with either one of those as well. I mean, obviously, if I'm if I am a Jaguars fan, I will become a Jaguars fan if Justin Fields ends up in, in Jacksonville. Um because I own Shark in a lot of places too. So it'll be nice to see that connection because Shark's going to be a top 12 wide receiver moving forward if that happens. But it's uh, you know, at this point, I, I think much like Jets fans, I, I just think you don't want to win at this point. You want to be bottom, just get your quarterback of the future and move forward, kind of kind of start your rebuild. Uh, on the Packers side here, Rodgers 24 points, Aaron Jones 14, Devontae Adams 18, MVS 24, and Bobby Tanyan six. Solid day for Green Bay. We saw the huge play from MVS. Uh, Adams had a touchdown called back in this one as well on a bullshit holding call. That's another thing that kind of – And he me. got
2: a touchdown at least. Oh, his touchdown was
1: so good though. Did, did you see his touchdown, kid? Um, no. Did you see
2: it? Oh, my God. dude! No, he like- I was watching uh, Carolina and uh, Tampa Bay because I kept hoping Carolina was going to beat Tampa Bay.
1: And yeah. then Ronald
2: Jones ran for 92 yards and I stopped feeling anything at all.
1: It was, uh, I'm trying to think of how to explain. I think they were like maybe seven, eight yards out from the the end zone. He made like a slow play like he was going to cut inside and then just like one step burst outside. Aaron Rodgers threw it high. So he went up in high point, and that dude undercut him in the air, landed on his elbow, which I think would, like, shatter my arm. I'd be done. Landed on his elbow, nothing. He hits, just gets up like nothing, touchdown, and he's like, oh, my God, I love Devontae Adams. He's he's an absolute beast. I hope that he re-signs with, uh, with Green
2: Bay next year. Here, uh, our morning option was uh, Buccaneers, Panthers, or watching golf. Um, so... It was a little bit of a tough day because, of course, here you get the Broncos game no matter what. So there was no CBS morning game. Uh, I'm about ready to forego the Bronco games, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean we we can we can save that for maybe Thursday. A little playoff talk and and futures for some of these franchises because it is it's definitely looking grim at the moment. Uh. Giants beat the Eagles, which I don't think we were expecting. I'm pretty sure everybody in our pick'em picked the Eagles to win that one. As I was mentioning, my frustration with the Eagles just a minute Pick ago. Wentz, eight points. Sanders 13. Boston Scott 14. Greg Ward, eight, Rager eight, Rogers 10. Goddard, uh seven. Tough day for the Eagles. Uh, what do you think it means going forward? They did just say earlier today Zach Ertz is being activated off the IR. He should be back soon now. So
2: Oh, cool! Now all the five receivers will have seven points a game instead yeah. of eight. Exactly, and of course, the one huge play is a huge running play, and it's Boston Scott and not Miles Sanders. So, a little bit frustrating. I the Eagles looked like they were getting it together before they went on the bye and they were getting healthier. Yesterday, arguably, was one of the healthiest they've been since the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I know Dennis was excited that Alshon Jeffrey was going to finally play he didn't do anything Um, Travis Fulgram uh, who had looked really good at times didn't do anything everybody was just okay they such an ugly game they were never really in it they were down big early when they tried to come back they they got slammed I just the Eagles are not a very good team no one in that division is a very good team it's still wide open. It looks like Andy Dalton's tracking to come back and play. And yeah. the Cowboys have the Vikings who don't have a very good defense. They could get to three wins this week. I it's just, it's incredible. Um, I mean, I don't know. The NFC East, anytime you think you figured it out, it's like trying to decide which Rams player is going to be uh, good in a week. You know, you're going to pick the wrong one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, as I said earlier, I'm done. I'm done with the Eagles. It sucks because I love Rager so much, but I'm I'm absolutely done with the Eagles. I I don't want anything to do with them anymore. I'm, I'm sitting on my guys. I, I just they just look horrible. The fact that you can't beat the Giants of all teams, which I guess. Maybe I shouldn't say that because I've been, you know, talking about the Giants defense being better than everybody gives them credit for for like the past few weeks. So maybe that has something to do with it. But it's just, it's overall frustrating. The whole NFC East is 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 overall very frustrating right now. Uh, Daniel Jones, 22 points. Wayne Gallman, 19. Darius Slayton, 14 points. Uh, Shepard, 10. And Evan Ingram, three. I mean, the Giants' offense. Uh, you know, we talked about it when Barkley went down. We thought that the running game was kind of the biggest thing holding us back. Wayne Gallman has actually, uh, I, I feel like, made this offense actually viable. It got Slate now making plays, Shepard making plays. I know Wayne Gallman's averaging like thirteen points a game the past couple weeks. Like, are we are we buying into the Giants' offense? Can they make a run here in the NFC East?
2: I mean. They, they seem to have gotten better the last couple of weeks. They've won. All three of their wins are in the division. So the real question is, you know, is you would think the winner of this division is going to have to make hay in the division, um, which is probably the big thing holding Washington back because I think they've lost almost all their division games. But now the Eagles have lost to Washington and to the Giants in the division, um, which is, you know, one of the things that might be holding them back. The Giants, they have looked like they've gotten better. You know, maybe it's just taken a little while for Joe Judge to get it going, um, to get a better culture. Daniel Jones has looked like he's been protecting the ball a little bit better the last couple weeks, which is encouraging, you know, going in the right direction. And they do seem to have found something with Wayne Gallman. I think they finally put Devonta Freeman on IR, so you know it's not even a threat for the next couple weeks. Maybe they don't bring him back. Maybe that was a mistake trying to to fill in. We've seen Gallman be decent filling in for uh, Saquon Barkley at times before. Um, You know, it looked like Evan Engram's playing a little bit better. Shepard's been in there. Yesterday was encouraging to me, at least, that you saw them get Slayton involved again after you know he seemingly disappeared. They have. Pieces that, in a division like this, they should be able to compete. I wonder if they they think about getting something on defense. I know the the corner that they cut because he was pending charges just got cleared. Baker, you know, oh, yeah, is, yeah. It a, is it a thought to try to bring? A, or are they happy with what they've got? Uh, she, it, yesterday, I expected them. To kind of get blasted out by the Eagles and the yeah. Eagles to start establishing themselves as a favorite. And the opposite happened. Um the Giants are on bye this week. Uh they they're three and seven. It's weird to say, but if that, they might they're be the best team in their division right now at three and seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess uh props to Dennis too, because he talked about on Friday that he was still in on Slate and I think both of us were kind of out on him as as we've talked about and he he came back had a good game. I mean he was uh I hope it keeps going. I have slated in a lot of places and I, I've kind of unfortunately moved him to my bench. Cause this is the first, I mean, he was okay last week too. I think he got hurt early. He got hurt in this game too. And then came back out there and still had a really good game. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, it sucks as a, as a Barkley owner in one of my main leagues. I did not think – I actually picked Gallman up when everybody rushed to the Wave World to get Freeman, and then I dropped him because I didn't think anything was going to happen with him. And then someone else picked him up, and now I'm just like, man, that's so frustrating. But I'm happy for Gallman at least. I mean, he's, he's getting it done, and he's making the Giants at least. I think that's a big part of why the Giants have looked as good as they are. They well,
2: have. And Daniel Jones has really looked good too. I started him in the league. He's the best running not- back. That I was not trying to win and ended up winning because yeah. I got thirty points for my quarterback.
1: Yep. Yeah, I could have had even more had that second touchdown and not got called back either. So uh for the uh the Buccaneers. Oh sorry, Buccaneers uh Panthers Bucks win this one forty-six to twenty-three, Brady thirty-one points. Uh, Julio Jones, Julio Jones, Ronald Jones, 24 points. Mike Evans, 19, Chris Godwin, 15, Antonio Brown, 13, Gronk, 13, and of course, Cameron Brate, 12. Is this a template for what we expect for the Buccaneers moving forward? If so, which of the three receivers finishes the best the rest of
2: the season? Kills me to say, but I think the one that's going to end up finishing the best is Mike Evans because he's getting those jump ball touchdowns. I was encouraged. You know, we wondered how it's going to work. There were a couple of things I found encouraging. First, Ronald Jones' first touch of the game fumbles. I I thought for sure he's a goner.
1: Everybody was posting his, his obituary on Twitter after that happened.
2: They went right back to him the next series. They kept going, and Fournette was the guy that they didn't really seem to have much interest in using, which I thought was interesting. Then their first touchdown down there, of course, goes to Cameron Brake. You're like, okay, well, this is, this is, you know, of course what's going to happen. But then they get in the flow. They found a way to get AB involved. Um, you know, he had a decent – set of catches and yardage Godwin decent set of catches and yardage same for Evans I think the difference between those three to me right now is Evans because of his frame Evans and Gronk are the guys that Brady's putting the ball up to in the end zone we saw both of them uh, achieve scores that way and that I think is what ultimately is going to be the separation right there
1: yeah, I mean, I, I hope I'm. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not taking too much away from this game because, uh, as we know, the Panthers' defense against the pass is uh, horrible. Actually, like the worst in the NFL. So. I think I talked about it Friday. I expected Brady to come out and throw for five touchdowns. He ended up being the best fantasy player on the week right now with the 31 points. Great to see Ronald Jones break off the 98-yard touchdown run. I was happy for my guy there because I was proud of him, proud of him. wish I wouldn't have traded him away at this point in in the one league I had him, but it is what it is. But, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I still – I don't know if I'm going to go – I guess I will. Damn, this is so hard. I probably would side with you and go Evans because I feel like Godwin and Brown are gonna be the two that kind of eat into each other's catches more than they do Evans and while they're definitely using gronk down there as well they're also using gronk on long touchdown pass as well Brady just missed them on one I think it was like forty fifty yard touchdown pass yeah. as well there and they got
2: one big fifty yard play to him too because he only yeah. got two but it was for like fifty three yards in the touchdown so you're
1: So I'm probably leaning with you and going Evans there, which hurts my heart to say because I've never been a big Evans guy. Uh, Carolina side, Bridgewater, 19 points. Davis, 8. T.J. Moore, of course. Of course, DJ Moore, after we all poo-pooed him on Friday. He's the one that has the big game here with 19 points. Robbie Anderson, 6. Curtis Samuel, 4. Bridgewater gets hurt but appears to be okay uh, going forward he's trending to playing this week CMC news came out today is likely going to miss again this week after they came out I believe it was Friday or Saturday saying he'll be good to go for week 11 that has now already changed Morris shines at receiver at the receiver whack-a-mole here in Carolina who finishes better rest of season for you more Anderson or Sam
2: It's so frustrating. Oh, I know. I'm actually—I don't know if it's recency bias, but I'm—I'm I'm actually leaning back towards DJ Moore. Um, I mean,
1: he's the most talented. I'm, he's the most talented on that group.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Robbie Anderson seems steady in his role, but I just—I don't think he's getting the touchdowns. You know, we haven't seen him get the touchdowns so far. So he probably is the most steady. You know, targets, yardage but it's whether you know who do you think's gonna have the more explosive plays more or samuel it looked like they were in a huge groove with samuel and then he was the forgotten man completely yesterday and they only had eyes for more it didn't make sense i think to any of us that Moore was kind of the odd man out i think yesterday he looked a little better so I'm, i'm going with him but it's there's a lot of teams, man, that are going to be really frustrating going down the stretch. And the brutal thing with Carolina, too, they have that week 13 bye. bye. So you've only got – so for CMC owners, you got them for two games. You got one more game. We know already they've ruled them out for week 11. Yeah. You might get them for week 12 and then nothing for 13. So he, he could end up being like a playoff winner if you got there, but that's got to be a brutal loss season. You know, we were talking about – I actually uh, sat Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in different leagues, so I could play Michael Thomas. I have it's, some regrets. I have some regrets. It's,
1: it's, it's been such a weird year, though. That Again, that is something else we can talk about later, maybe in the offseason when we do our the three of us, you, me, and Dennis, do our offseason shows, because it has been. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see – with the way so many top guys have disappointed this year, you can almost guarantee all these guys are falling in the drafts next year because all those people are going to have that immediate, I hate you kind of like hate in their hearts for the, the seasons that they cost them. Like you're going to see Zeke, CMC, Michael Thomas, uh Saquon Barkley. You're going to see all these guys start falling. You're going to see like – javante adams hopkins i could uh, dalvin cook might be one one next year like it's gonna be
2: it's almost a year where you gotta you gotta throw out you know we we've talked about using sound logic and reasoning for these so i was in a league where i i need to win if i really want to be in the playoffs i have four receivers for three spots michael thomas aj brown tyler boyd chris godwin it pained me to do it, but I put Godwin to the bench and he ended up being the only one that would have been worth starting out of that group. And it's just, you know, following trends and what should happen and what it it's yes. burning you.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I've gotten for me specifically just on this and then we'll, we'll move on to the next game is I've just gone with who's been consistent and who I think is just going to give me points every single week. Like, I'm just like, I'm done trying to like, I've, I've almost, uh, I think they, people say this. Uh, I know I've heard baseball people say this when they talk about stuff with stats because baseball is so stats-driven everything. Take the name off the back of the jersey and go with the production. You know, I sat Michael Thomas in a league that I actually traded for him. I gave up DJ Charkin at first to get Michael Thomas when I thought I was buying low on him. And then even yesterday, I was like, you know what? Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins have been more productive. I'm, I'm just going with them right now. I'm, I need, same as you, I need a win. I sat Michael Thomas. I mean, unless Justin Jefferson goes out there and bombs tonight, it's going to be the right call. I need him to get five points and I win. So it's mm-hmm. one of those things where this year you you kind of have to forget that you drafted Michael Thomas in the first round. That he's been an absolute like best wide receiver in the league the past couple of years. you just like you know what, for whatever reason, whatever it is going on in New Orleans or what's going on with him, he's just not been it this year. And and, and bench him and hope for the best. You know, maybe for me, I'm it's one of those. uh Prove it for me, things like I need to see him go out there and have that game before I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to put you back into my lineup. Uh, battle of the rookies here in Los Angeles did not go the way that I hoped it would. Uh, in Miami.
2: Dolphins,
1: oh, it's in Miami. I'm sorry. In Miami. Uh, Dolphins pull out the win here 29 to 21. On the Chargers side, Herbert 20 points. I would say his worst game so far this year, and he g- still gets you 20 points. That's uh and three pretty downs. pretty exciting. Yeah, still, he, he's just, he's an absolute beast. I mean, I don't even know if I can call him Kalen Garbage anymore, but I'm still going to do it for at least one more week. Kalen Garbage gets you 15 points. Keenan Allen 12, Hunter Henry 13. Uh, Austin Eckler posted that he's coming back soon, but we haven't heard anything from the team. They have not designated him to return yet. Mm-hmm. So with Jackson now going on IR as well, is Kalen Garbage the play at running back for the Chargers?
2: Yeah, and I heard an analyst actually said they don't expect Eckler back before week thirteen, which would mean a couple more weeks. I don't know. You know, we've t- we talked about it at length on Friday. So I do not spend a lot of time. But for whatever reason, Joshua Kelly has fallen out of rotation, out of favor. Uh, Belage has looked good and has made the most of his opportunities. I know Anthony Lynn had challenged everyone a few weeks ago in the running back room you have to be productive when we give you the ball. If you're not, we're going to find somebody who is. And I think that's what has hurt Kelly a little bit. And that's what has lifted guys like Belage and Troy main Pope. Um, you know, a couple of guys noted on Twitter yesterday, <coughs> they were running the offense through. Yeah. And yesterday. So he's definitely is the one that I want. And I I'm with you. It, Eckler is the only one who has said anything about Eckler's status, which I find a little bit odd. I don't know if since they figure that they're out of the playoffs, that they're not a hurry to, to put him back. Um, But Balaj has has looked good. Offense hasn't been the chargers problem this year.
1: Yeah, it's going to be, man, I hate to say this. I I was never really a big fan of his anyways, but is this possibly just another example of a player being Adam Gates? I mean, I know he went to, I believe, the Jets too, and he really didn't do anything there, but he has not looked like the same guy we saw in Miami. Uh, that's for damn sure. So I, I'm with you. I think at this point. We know that Anthony Lynn likes to run the ball. For whatever reason, Joshua Kelly is not getting that work. Bellage can catch the ball as well. We've seen that this defense is just going to continue to give up points as well. But Herbert has been good enough to keep this offense in games. They're not going to get blown out, which means that they're going to continue to run the ball as well. So I'm with you. If you can get Balaj at this point, fuck, he might end up being a league winner. If he can continue to get you 12 to 18 points a week, I mean, for a guy, you're getting off your waiver wire here in week ten. It's not a not a bad a uh, bad spot, which actually leads me to um, two guys. There's another guy, same guy actually got in this game right here in Salvan Ahmed that I think could be uh, doing the same thing because he. Mm. Actually, I wish I could remember the stat now. I saw it on Twitter. He got, I think it was 84% of the carries yesterday for the Dolphins team where Miles Gaskin, who's a guy we were all very, very liked a lot for what he was doing in Miami. The most he ever got in a game for Miami as a lead back was 74%. So Ahmed was doing a lot yesterday and has the past two weeks. Uh, For Miami, two of 14 points, Ahmed 16, Jakeem Grant 14, Devontae Parker 5, Mike Kosicki 6, and of course – I don't even remember his last name. Is it Darren it's, Smythe, right?
2: It's uh, Durham Smythe. I Durham Smythe. Eight points.
1: Gaskin is out for at least one more week. Brita, Brita I don't think, he's coming back. Howard did not play and then was cut earlier today. Is Salvan Ahmed the best play at running back in a good way for our target for you?
2: and probably yeah. a guy that's still floating around out there because it looked for most of this last week like Brito was tracking to play. He was back to practice, yeah. so him missing with injury. I'm with you. I don't know if he comes back. That feels like a, a burned, wasted trade. They, you know, He had no role early in the season, um, but Ahmed looked good and, and fit the role in there. I, that's definitely a guy I'm targeting and scooping up.
1: Yes, I'm with you. Uh, I know Dennis pointed it out on Twitter and you guys can go back and listen to our combine shows. He was a guy that I really liked coming out of Washington. Uh, a lot of people kind of jumped off him after his bad combine. He ran at a lot slower time than I expected him to. Uh, but he was a guy that I was kind of surprised didn't get drafted ended up with a uh, the 49ers this off season before they decided to stick with your Michael hasty over him. And now he's with uh Miami I'm, I'm grabbing him. I, I think he he's played good enough that he could even have a role with Gaskin coming back. I, I could see him being more of the I will, Gaskin is a much better receiver than, than Ahmed is. So yeah. maybe they do it where he's running the ball and Gaskin's doing a little bit more receiving work. Cause I mean, at this point, why even bring Breida back? I mean, geez, that dude has done absolutely nothing. So I think you roll. I would almost bet you with the well as well as the team's been playing. Brian Flores is going to run with these two these two undrafted free agents he brought onto this team at Gaskin and Achmed, which is ridiculous. Which is interesting
2: because they actually spent money trying to solve the running problem because it was a problem yeah. last year. But even Patrick Laird, they like better than, you know, Jordan Howard. Had he not been cut today, you still would think he had no role because he was a healthy scratch when they really had no running backs yesterday.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been a healthy scratch, I think, the last three weeks. And regardless, what Gaskin was hurt last week, too, and they still didn't bring him back. So, yeah, it's – it's – insane but yeah it's it's cool to see those two guys especially being undrafted free agents uh getting to thrive there the the next Philip Lindsay's possibly because hey you can probably read everybody actually
2: so maybe I- Brian Flores can just go get Philip Lindsay cuz apparently Denver mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do with them
1: that is true well i, I what i was going to say might be interesting i know everybody's been talking about it uh saying that Miami will definitely draft a running back this year maybe they don't i mean you can probably get Ahmed and Gaskin for cheaper than what it's going to cost to draft a, a high end running back at this point in those, well, then again they've got like oh. four picks because they draft they traded for whoever's and they got Houston's as well, so maybe they'll do it. Oh. But
2: I mean, I'm sure they'll take it if they think it's a value. But yeah. everybody that was projecting that Miami needed to go get this or go get that, they haven't, and they've they've made strides. They looked good at the end of last year. They've carried that over, even a couple weeks ago when we questioned whether, yeah. Whether it, it was, you know, are they just giving up on this season and focusing on next year? No, they aren't. He looks yeah. good,
1: man. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I was thinking about this the other day, and I feel bad. I completely missed out on talking about this on Friday's show with uh, Miami Dolphins being Tua and oh god damn it, I missed out on that. It was a perfect shot to do that, and I completely missed it because they're three and oh with Tua. And you know, you can't make the joke anymore. Uh, you know, I, I didn't even realize it till yesterday. Now, I was like, damn it, are perfect. Now yeah, they're three through and o.
2: through through I know. and o. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: just see it doesn't just roll off the tongue all naturally. Uh let's see here. Raiders and your Broncos. The Raiders win this one 37 to 12. Uh for Denver here, lock six points. Uh Gordon four. Judy ten. Patrick ten. Hamilton eleven. And Noah Fant four. Do you think Locke is the answer at QB? I see your 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 tag there of Drew Locke question mark. Which he apparently got hurt as well, right?
2: Uh <sighs> I mean, they said his ribs were hurting. He got a couple of hard shots and stuff. I don't know if that's his only problem. Do does getting hit in the ribs make you constantly throw off your back foot to no one in particular? I didn't know that that was a correlation, but maybe uh, it's possible. I threw up a Twitter poll yesterday uh, in my my morose state. Um, <laughs> you know, also if any of you guys listen to the Music City Drive in Movie podcast, I had quite a few. Uh, exciting comments about the uh, about the broncos and about uh dennis putting me in an awkward situation by picking the broncos i was part of me was relieved that i didn't look like a bad fan but part of me was horrified i actually had to watch that exhibition i threw up a poll uh you know what do you think is going to happen for denver next year is it drew lock is it a rookie do they sign a veteran or does john elway and retire uh, rookie right now is leading with 40%. All the others have 20%. I actually voted for Elway to retire because at this <laughs> point in time, I feel like that might be the only, uh, the only solution. But, you know, I was excited about Locke based on the small sample size we saw to end last year. Four and one, he wasn't incredible, but he looked decent at times for a guy that was kind of getting thrown in uh, at the end of the year. I haven't seen it except for that fourth quarter against the chargers um, this season, you know, we just haven't seen anything like that. And yesterday was the most sorrowful exhibition, but the whole team was bad. I mean, they, they let both uh, Jacobs and Booker run all over them. Uh, You know, they couldn't make much of anything happen, but it's just, it's killing the value of all the players around them. A lot of the beat writers have complained about the play calling, too. You see a quarterback who's obviously struggling, so let's definitely not let our running backs run the ball. I mean, Philip Lindsay didn't get positive yardage and his third and fourth carry until the fourth quarter. It just, the whole thing looks looks bad. And this next seven games, I think, if if we don't see a big step up from what it's looked like so far, I, I do think they've got to, way their options this they came into this year saying hey we got you some linemen we got you a better coach we got you all these weapons granted Cortland sutton got injured and that's a bummer but he looks like he's regressed he threw just horrific interceptions yesterday
1: so i think i'm kind of with it's, you and I, I was the guy who's who's in lock with you this offseason what makes it interesting is they're sitting right now as, I believe, the 10th pick. Uh, obviously, yeah. we still have a lot of games to go. They could end up changing that. I mean, we I've talked about it with a couple other people who pay very close attention to this stuff. There's a lot of talk that five, maybe even six quarterbacks go in this draft this year. I'm, I'm just going to say this now because I kind of feel like I know what John Elway likes and I know what John Elway looks for. I think Kyle Trask out of Florida is going to end up with the Broncos, whether that's in the first round or the second round. I kind of feel like that's the kind of quarterback Elway looks for. Trask is a guy that a lot of people think will go day two. I wouldn't be surprised if he's sitting on the board there in the second round. Maybe the Broncos move up a couple picks or let him fall to him in the second round and then take him. I, I... I don't know if it'd be a bad pick either. I, I like Kyle Trask. I think he's got a lot of talent and upside. I, I think a lot of it is what you said though too. A lot of some of its coaching cuz I don't think Locke is as bad as he's shown in the past couple weeks. I think some of its coaching, some of its offensive line issues. I mean, when you have regardless of of what you may think of Melvin Gordon, he can be a serviceable running back. They're not using him that much. Philip Lindsay's looked better as we've talked about. They're not using him at all either. You did lose Cortland Sutton. Noah Fant's been banged up. I think it's just a and overall, just not great team right now. I think they've got great pieces, but overall it's just not a great team at the moment. I mean, again, you lose your probably, what, leader of your entire team and defensive leader in yeah. Vaughn Miller at the beginning of the year as well. Well,
2: and they lot, right now they're missing all three of their opening day starting linemen. Shelby Harrison, COVID yeah. IR, Purcell, Mike Purcell, who they they liked, and then Jarrell Casey, who they traded for. I mean, there's... They're spending tons of injuries. I, I don't, you know, that probably explains some of the defensive lapses. But at the at the end of the day, if they've lost this game thirty-seven to thirty, okay, you know, it, yeah, they're better than you. The, you know, you have too many injuries, but it's Drew Locke usually only plays one quarter a game. Yesterday, he played zero quarters. Yeah, that were that were acceptable. It's the mistakes. It's the you know, I I like the, one of the local weather people here posted. It said, at Broncos, can you explain to me why Drew Locke throws every pass off his back foot? <laughs> and I was chuckling, but I was like, that is so true. And that's where yeah. a lot of these interceptions are coming from. He had bad body language out there, too. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe he's hurt more than they said they x-rayed. They said all he has is bruising, which yeah. I'm not... If somebody hit me in the sternum, I'd probably still be on the ground. Yeah, (laughs) I I would have asked for a trip to the hospital. I would have taken a COVID (laughs) test. I don't know what I would have done. But, I mean, these guys are are professionals. I don't know that it's – injury doesn't explain the habits. You know, the same thing if we're going to be hypercritical of Daniel Jones and his tendency to turn it over. I've been impressed the last couple weeks he seems to be taking that to heart and trying to protect the ball. Drew Locke feels like he's just getting a little more careless. And this was, you know, one of the things that people were critical of Dwayne Haskins about too. Yeah. Those three guys are going to be inextricably linked uh, because of where they went. Kyler Murray is just on a different stratosphere. We're not, you know, not compare that, but those, those three guys are guys people had thought had promised, but had major questions and developmental questions. And all of them have gotten shots and it just, doesn't look good.
1: Yeah. Uh on the Raiders side, Carr 7 points, Jacobs 29, Booker 21, Waller 6. He so did have the drop touchdown. Could have had a, a much bigger day for you. Uh has Booker become flex worthy for you? You know, we talked about him last week. Uh I don't I don't remember Dennis wasn't as big on him. Uh, I don't not I guess I should say none of us really were big on him Friday, but we talked about how he'd become more relevant especially in that Browns game as he moved to flex worthy for you uh moving forward.
2: Yeah, so I think the Raiders, in order to, to compete and try to thrive, they've gotten that offensive line back piece together. Tom Cable has done a really nice job. They were really physical and really aggressive. And when you have kind of younger, <laughs> uneven receiving core uh, being able to run and ground and pound. They reminded me a little bit of what's been successful for the Browns with a couple of running backs, being able to change in and stay fresh. Jacobs looked good. Jacobs was running hard and then they've been able to bring in Booker and he's also looked good and been running hard can catch passes. I think they found something that's worked for them the last couple of weeks and they're going to stick with it.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. You know, we, we've we talked about it. I've mentioned it many a times because people, just seem to think that Josh Jacobs is elite. And I'm not trying to say anything bad about him. He's a very good running back, but they just continue to bring in other running backs to take work away and do things from him, which to me means that he's not, he's not what we expect him to be in the fantasy community. I'll put it that way. Booker's continue to get work. We see Gruden wants him out there. So I am with you. If you're hurting that running back, he's a guy that I would grab, you know, you know, we, we mentioned Balaj and um, Ahmed earlier. Booker's another guy would go in attack, especially if you're suffering with injuries right now. Not going to be that guy who's going to get you 30 points a game, but if you can plug him in as your RB2, and I mean, I know he got you twenty one yesterday, but if he can average you 10 to 15 points, great. I'll take it now at this point at week 10. Uh, probably the most thrilling game yesterday, at least in my opinion. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet. I had all the games on that afternoon. Now I was I was all in on this one. I ended up making its way to the big TV yesterday. I ended up turning Madden off and putting this one on because I wanted to finish watching it. Uh, Cardinals win this one, thirty-two to thirty, against the Bills. Josh Allen, twenty-seven points. Cole Beasley, twenty-seven points. Stephon Diggs, twenty-five. Huge game for the Bills is Josh Allen still an MVP candidate for you? We've seen Russell Wilson kind of slow down a little bit. Kyler Murray's had a couple of uh, bad losses here. Josh Allen, while a couple of bad games really kind of came on this week. What's going on, Claudio?
2: I I think so. I think this down the stretch is really going to, um, make a difference you and I were talking about a little bit earlier. The great thing about this game between uh, Murray and Allen was both of them were incredible and both of them were incredible in the clutch moments. Uh, This was just a game that Kyler Murray won at the end and not one that Josh Allen lost. He didn't do anything to hurt his case. He actually, when his team was down at the end of the game, went down, led a good touchdown drive, had a pretty fantastic throw to Stefan Diggs he's got his team in decent position. What might be scarier uh, for Josh Allen is it's very possible that after the dolphins play Denver in week 11, that they find themselves tied atop the AFC East. So he's going to be in a dog fight. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray are part of a three-way dog fight. Yeah. It's going to be pretty exciting uh, down the stretch here. And then you have Mahomes just looking a little bit uh, vintage Mahomes uh in, in what he's been doing you know, other guys like Kamara doing things, it's going to be kind of fun. There's so many teams that are competitive and so many divisions that are competitive. We're going to, I think, see some great football down the stretch
1: yeah uh i'm with you uh i am i've i love josh allen uh he's a guy that i think has been amazing this year we talked about it with the trade for Diggs. i mentioned i thought it was going to be a great move for Diggs or for allen this offseason because i think he plays well with what allen does i think he has been i never took him out of the mvp discussion even though he was playing bad because i honestly didn't think russ was going to continue being i mean russ was on an other world earlier in this year and we always expect those guys to come back we've just seen Mahomes come back a little bit to earth uh it's weird to say i don't think Mahomes is really in the mvp discussion he he deserves to be there with this play but i kind of feel like it's it's not i think it's for me everything i keep hearing is between those three and, and russ it's really seems to be murray now murray russ and allen kind of seem to be the three guys that are getting all the talk and i think Mahomes should be there but i don't know if maybe it's a I, th- I hate to say this because it's only been uh, one uh, year, like a Jordan. A lot, of the,
2: a lot of the broadcasters talk about Mahomes as being the front runner, and these guys all trying to catch him. Oh, interesting. They talked know. about that again last night on Sunday Night Football a little bit.
1: Uh, So before we get to Arizona's side and the Hale-Murray there that won them the game, what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones? Are you concerned about a committee? I am not. Um, I'm not either. I think it's just one of those things we saw last year with LaFleur as well. There's just sometimes in those games, they just tend to lean on Jamal Williams. Now it does suck that Jamal Williams has actually played good this year uh, because last year he wasn't playing good, which I think led them to to be more toward Aaron Jones. But uh, something we've talked about, earlier this year is you know Aaron Jones was as good as he was last year not just because of the way he was running catching ball but because he had the 17 touchdowns and and we had to yep. you had to expect that to kind of come back a little bit uh, I would also say I think maybe they're using Jamal as much probably I think still has a little bit to do with Aaron Jones not being fully healthy they held him mm-hmm. out for the two weeks he didn't look great that first week back either so I think moving forward, you'll be fine because the Packers are not like the number one seed in the NFC right now. So they're going to have to continue playing out, especially mm-hmm. with the way the NFC is kind of grouped together. So I think Aaron Jones will continue to be the guy, uh, but the, you'll you'll unfortunately see these games where Jamal Williams gets more involved.
2: Well, and it could also not even be because he's not totally healthy right now, but in an effort to try to keep him healthy, did they just? It- Robinson's yeah, active. He's active. Yeah, I saw him warming up. I put it on in the background so that I could give you updates. Uh, but I think you know, they're just trying they know that they I think the Packers are in a situation that if they want to make a good run in the playoffs, they have to have a healthy Aaron Jones, a healthy Devontae Adams, and a healthy Aaron Rodgers. And they're probably looking at some of these games like when they're playing the Jaguars saying if we can lean on an MVS and a Jamal Williams a little bit more here, we can save these guys for one more run really need them, and that sucks for us as fantasy owners but that makes 100% sense when you're talking about a team where you know you lose an Adams you lose a Jones it gets a little bit dicey a little bit quickly
1: yeah oh yeah yeah i mean i hate to say it this way but i feel like you lose a, you lose an a, a rodgers or an adams you're screwed aaron jones i feel like they can probably make that up a little bit they don't want to lose him but you lose Adams or Rodgers, you're done for. I'm sorry. I like MVS. I like Lazard. There ain't nobody out there balling like Adams is right now. Uh, let's see here. On Arizona side, as I mentioned, you had the Hale Murray there that wins them the game. Tyler Murray ends up with 29 points. Kenyon Drake, 9. And DeAndre Hopkins, 25 points. Crazy, right? I mean, you would think like... He, he wasn't good anymore after Houston gave him away for a bag of chips. And he goes out there and does that.
2: I like the best tweet was somebody copying that and saying, does David Johnson make this catch? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's even better. That is, that's hilarious. Uh, what an incredible ending uh, that it, it was. It was an incredible ending. Was that play from Murray to Hopkins the best you've seen this season? We've seen a lot of really good catches yeah. this year, but is that the play of the season for you right now?
2: I think so because of the uh, the situation and everything yeah. and he and he high pointed that ball in a crowd. Oh, perfect. It's not yeah. like oh yeah it's not like Buffalo completely sucked on defense and I know there was a lot of people saying, hey, you know why weren't they trying to knock it down? He high pointed the ball. They didn't have yeah. a chance yet. They all went up and he I mean, was the yeah. highest.
1: <laughs> yeah, he high pointed it, which is what Hopkins does. I mean, he's, and he talked, I don't know if anybody watched the video of him. That's what he talked about. He's like, that's what, he, when he used to practice on dunking people, that's what he does. Like, look, guys, let's be, let's be honest here. Number one, if you saw all of them standing together before Hopkins jumped over them, they were all like, at, their heads were at his chest to begin with. None of those guys, I think, have the hops to jump with Hopkins, number one. And then he's already got two feet on those guys, and he jumps. It was just a perfect play by Hopkins. Uh, you know, I really don't like the fact that they keep saying he did it over three defenders. He did it over two. The third defender came in at the last minute, and if I were the third defender, I would have tried to just knock the living shit out of Hopkins. But I think he was just trying to go for the ball as well. It was a great play by Hopkins. Again, well, that's,
2: just cements that's why he's thing, one though. of the best. Defensive backs now are a little more cautious because you get a big penalty and thrown out of the game if you try to make in the in the old days. I think one of those guys would have tried to make a body blow, but you can't even make body blows anymore. It's really changed the way those kind of plays can be played.
1: Yeah. All right, Rams, Seahawks. Rams win this one, 23-2-16. Russell Wilson, nine points. Uh, Alex Collins, 11 points. Tyler Lockett, 11. Metcalf, four. Uh, just in case anybody's winning, DJ Dallas, four points as well because I started him four
2: points. Yeah. Four points. Can, can we reflect on that? I mean, I, I posted that one. You know, raise your hand if you start. I started Dallas, too. I mean, he he's well, looked great for two weeks replacing Chris Carson. What the actual F?
1: In, in, I guess in fairness, I don't know. I would assume you follow Mr. Garrett Price. I know I do. He did tweet out earlier that morning saying, don't play DJ Dallas. And I'll just put it this way. Garrett has some good inside information he gets from the Seahawks. You know, we both know why. So probably should have listened to him, unfortunately. I chose not to because I was like, no, you know, because I agreed with you. I was like, DJ Dallas has been amazing. Why would you go away from him?
2: And the thing is, they said Alex Collins was going to have a big role last week, and he didn't. So yeah. why am I afraid of the exact same situation? Yeah.
1: Just... uh I hear. You. I hear it's going to end up costing me tonight because Allen Robinson's going to mm-hmm. Allen Robinson's going to beat me on the first drive tonight. I can already feel it. Uh, are yeah. you worried about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks though? It kind of feels like we talked about yeah. this at the beginning of the year, right? Russell Wilson. It was off to like those always off to those slow starts, and then turned it on at the end of the season. It almost feels like it's the reverse this year. Like we've seen Russell Wilson on fire at the beginning of the year. And now lately it's just kind of tailed off a little bit. And we're kind of seeing the old Seahawks coming back.
2: It's not really just that he's tailed off. It's that he's making uncharacteristic turnovers yeah. um, that you just don't really expect. They were, they showcased one of those on football night in America yesterday where, you know, he rolls out and he had wide open space to run and he lofts the ball towards Disley that gets easily picked off in the end zone. Just things you you don't typically see from Russell Wilson. He's been usually very careful with the ball the last few weeks. It just looks like a different guy. And, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of pressure on them because their defense hasn't exactly been stoic. Their defense wasn't awful yesterday, but their offense just didn't seem like they could get anything going. And it's been really weird. You'll see these epic games from either Metcalf or Lockett. And then they just disappear, you know. Uh, I think it was our uh, it was uh, our friends at uh, it's our <laughs> DFS site. Um, DFS I just blanked site. on their name. Thrive. That we were, yeah. Thrive. Our friends at Thrive were the ones that that posted, you know, z- zero catches on zero targets through three quarters. Heck yeah. of a performance for Metcalf, and I know he's going against Ramsey, but we've seen, you know, when when Dallas went against Ramsey, they weren't afraid to throw at him over and over again. It's weird that the the Seahawks are, they need to find a groove because they have now big losses to, to playoff contenders in Buffalo, Arizona, and the Rams, the latter two being in their own division. They're now in a three-way tie. Um, yep. And we saw and last year, there a big them, difference too. between being, a division winner and a wild card in terms of yep. your road to the playoffs and who you end up playing.
1: Yeah. And because of the head to head wins, Arizona actually sits as number one Rams to now Seattle three. So they went from being the clear leaders, not just in the division, but in the NFC to now being possibly the last wild card in, which yeah, is going to be very interesting. It's going to be fun. And, I hate to say, I only say this because it really will help improve the Browns' chances, but I really do kind of hope they end up going with adding that extra other wild card spot as well, making a 16-team playoff, because, oh, God, I uh, want the Browns to make it. Well, the way our
2: country going, you have to wonder if they're not going to decide to take a strategic pause from football just because all these states are locking down. I don't... You know, well see, that's the interesting thing. It's we've team talked just about had a COVID it. situation. They've had they've today. had two
1: in the past couple days. Yeah. They had the, the uh, backup right guard who they put on the COVID list and then someone else has positive today. But that's Andy the thing is like, You've had um really realistically NFL has done really well with this. Like they've actually handled it really well. So that's why I don't know if they will. I, what'll be interesting is they've said multiple times and I don't know how they do this with 16 teams. That's going to be the interesting part is they've said they are going to go to a bubble like atmosphere once the playoffs hit. So who, how is that's going to work though? Especially if they go 16 teams, I don't know. Cause that's a lot. I mean, you're talking eight teams from each conference. That's going to be a whole lot to try and figure out. But again, They've made it work now, not being in a bubble for the most part. We've really seen what one game got postponed or moved, right? Am I thinking of something wrong? They've moved a couple different games around in bye weeks, but it was really just the Bills game that got moved to that Tuesday night. So I mentioned it before. I think these NFL players, because they want to get paid and and they focus so much on football, they've done a good job with it. I think the way the NFL came out and said, hey, you can't take vacations now in your bye weeks, you have to stay in your home city and all that other stuff has also kind of helped eliminate that stuff. They've handled it really well. I, I hope that it can. they continue to handle it the way that they have. Uh, on the Rams side here, Goff, 10 points. Akers, 3. Henderson, 10. Brown, 19. Robert Woods, 8. Cooper Cup, 10. And Tyler Higby, 9 points. Are you ever going to be able to figure out who we're playing on the Rams side here? Um, for me, I'm going to say no. I, I just... I'm going to stick with... Uh, Woods Woods for me is the, the wide receiver I like the most there. So he's going to be the wide receiver I continue to play. I don't know what to oh. think on the Brown-Henderson thing. It's
2: <laughs> it's just frustrating. Well, Acres Akers actually led them in carries, but was the least efficient. Yeah. Running back and the only one not to get a touchdown. We thought playing Seattle, who has had no pass defense, that Woods and Cup should be a great play because they had both gone off and seemed to be getting in a groove the week prior. And then – It's Josh Reynolds and Tyler Higbee. So, I mean, you play them all. Sometimes you're going to get a wide receiver running back one game. Sometimes you're going to get a wide receiver running back two games. Sometimes you're going to get a wide receiver running back three games. And Tyler Higbee, you know, just say a prayer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised he he did as well as he did yesterday. We've not seen that since, I think, week one. So it was, I guess, good to see him get involved. Uh, Saints 49ers, Saints win this one 27-13. On the 49ers side, Mullins 10 points, McKinnon 5, Brandon Ayuk 19, Jordan Reed 11. Hasty got injured in this one, but Coleman and Mostert could be close to a return. For the time being, is there anyone you feel safe playing outside of rookie of the year candidate, Brandon Ayuk?
2: Nope, I think he's the most consistent. Jordan Reed looks like he might be establishing himself as the better of the tight end plays. But even then, the 49ers are just beat up. I think it's a lost season for them.
1: Yep, Uh, I am with you on that. I love how you've been talking about him for the past couple weeks, saying he's the only guy that I would trust, uh, especially with the way this backfield has been as messed up as it has been. On the Saints side, Breeze six points uh, due to injury here. Winston comes in, gets two points. Kamara 34. Michael Thomas four points uh, in this one. Breeze got hurt. Uh, what is your concern level here with him, and then what are you doing with Michael
2: Thomas? I, I, yeah, I so the, Did you see the report on Breeze now that's yeah, come out? He's he got broke ribs three ribs, ribs in week and, collapsed and in broke two ribs on the other side yesterday. Yeah, and has a sure. collapsed lung. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I think it's unconscionable for a 41-year-old guy that you need in the playoffs for him to play next week. So now that question to me I is agree. whether – Whether we see a lot of Jameis Winston, uh, we see some Taysom Hill, do we see a combination of the two? What would scare me, too, is it didn't look like Jameis Winston had any chemistry with Michael Thomas. Um, Real bummer.
1: I actually think it could be a good thing for Michael Thomas. I I don't know how much, but I kind of feel like with Winston out there, we know he'll force the ball to players but how much will they actually throw the ball? I saw a lot of people saying hey with Winston out there Thomas will be good again. I don't see Sean Payton coming out there in the Bruce Arians style I'm like you know what that's cool let's just throw it 50 times. They're going to run the ball cuz they have Kamara. There's still going to be yeah. checkdowns to Kamara. So I think it could be a good thing for Michael Thomas but I'm not expecting him to go back up to getting like those 15 targets a game we saw him getting uh-huh. last year. It's like we talked about earlier we mentioned a bunch of these guys in the in the kind of weird year that it's been. At this point, Michael Thomas is on my bench until he proves he's worth starting. I just can't continue well, to throw him out there for five points a game. You just can't. And
2: what's what's the upper end hope that he gives you, like, a middle-tier wide receiver two number? We have not. Yeah. His best game in the three that he's played this season was five catches for 51 yards. Yep. That was he last had, week. Yeah. Yesterday was his second-best game. His opening day game wasn't very good either. So it's... It's been brutal. Yeah. Steelers Bengals
1: uh Pittsburgh pulls off the win to stay undefeated 36 to 10 Burrow 12 points, T freaking Bernard 8 points, T Higgins 22, Tyler Boyd 10. Uh vanilla day here for Burrow and the Bengals. Uh what are your thoughts on them moving forward? I think T Higgins has been phenomenal. I think that's my biggest take. Against
2: Boyd had been really good and really solid prior to. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't terrible yesterday. I guess just he made
1: a f- phenomenal catch on the <clears throat> sideline too. I don't know if you saw that.
2: Their whole th- their, their team isn't terrible, but they're not great. And yeah, I, I think unfortunately you don't know exactly what to expect from them week to week. You know, it seemed like they were trying to get AJ Green involved yesterday. He was out there for a ton of snaps. Only had five targets, caught nothing. Steelers have a have a good defense. Uh, I'm with you that Gio, that was kind of a bummer because he is pretty rock solid coming in there, coming back to earth a little bit, kind of a little bit what we've seen with Mike Davis in some of these games where he explodes and it's almost like you're not really missing Christian McCaffrey and then you roll into a week where just gets you eight or nine points. Yesterday I felt like that was a lot of you either got 30 points or you got eight points. That was it.
1: Yeah, and I want to give a shout out here to uh, at Bryce T underscore 10 on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Matt, get, you get some as well. I get some start sick questions from time to time here on Twitter. And he reached out to me yesterday and asked if he should start Giovanni Bernard or T Higgins. I told him to go Bernard because I thought Bernard was going to have a huge game. That obviously did not work out. uh, And I felt bad. We all know there are people that take that very badly. Uh, he was really cool about it. I appreciate it. He reached out to me and I, I actually reached out to him first. Like, dude, I'm so sorry. I was like, I really thought this was going to be a smash game for Bernard. Higgins is balling. And his response was, dude, you didn't hit submit on my lineup. I did. And he was like, I appreciate your help anyways. Like, thank you for being polite and nice about it because some people blow up your DMs with some of just like the nastiest shit you've seen in your life threatening wives kids and all this stuff over fantasy football and i mean i get it i'm a very competitive person as well but i just wanted to shout you out if you're watching i appreciate the the kind back and forth and i still feel bad for leading you down the giovanni bernard train if it makes you feel better i did the same thing and i'm probably gonna call it at least you he did win his matchup where i am likely going to lose by six points so
2: so uh I was going to say, too, they just flashed the NFC if the playoffs started today standings. Yeah. Slight correction, the Packers are the number one seed.
1: Are they? Oh, okay, gotcha. I did not know that. If they started today,
2: and Seattle went from, I think they were number one after last week, they would be the seventh seed if the (laughs) playoffs started today. So that's a (laughs) precipitous. They would be at the Saints.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, So Pittsburgh side here, Ben, 29 points. James Conner, same thing as Bernard, extremely disappointing. Just six points in this one. The wide receiver one, Deontay Johnson, 23 points. Juju, 22. Chase Claypool, 21. Do the Steelers have the best offense in the NFL right now?
2: Yes, and unfortunately, with the be- an embarrassment of riches, sometimes you're going to get good game from Connor. Sometimes you're going to get a good game from Ebron. Sometimes you're not. Yesterday, it was all three receivers. I think we we had thought with Ben being off practice and having injured and both of his yeah. knees
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: that it would be more of a run heavy game, and he was like, "Hold my beer. I'm just going to yeah. chuck it out there." All three of those receivers got touchdowns. Um, I had to make you feel good that trade. Looking be- looking good yesterday, Deontay Johnson, 23. Saying, Damian Harris saying. looked good, too, even though he didn't get a touchdown. He ran pretty hard. So yeah, uh, I thought that was your day yesterday.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't play Harris as we talked about off air. So that, that kind of – yeah, Deontay Johnson, like I said, I've, I, for me, he's the one in this offense, and, and I think he continues to prove it. He is the one outside of when you just mentioned, you know, you're going to get those big games from Connor. We saw it again yesterday. He gets so many targets, and he is the one for Big Ben that he looks to on every single play. I think Deontay Johnson is the one, if he stays healthy, I feel safe playing every single week. Like I do think you're going to see those games. Juju has been phenomenal the past couple of weeks as well. He's really come on. Uh, but I kind of feel like you'll see Juju and Claypool waning a little bit more here and there, where for me, Deontay is the one. But, yeah, it definitely feels good having given up a – not only just the the one, but Preston Williams, who then ends up getting hurt the next week. Cause I traded him right the week before he went off for that massive game where he got like the twenty six points or whatever, multiple touchdowns. It's like, oh, and Deontay Johnson got hurt on the first play. And I was like, it's twenty twenty for me right there. But yeah, they've they've looked amazing in speaking. Of Damian Harris, uh, him and the Patriots won last night against Baltimore. Thank you, New England. Never thought I'd say that, but I appreciate you. 23-17. to 17. Uh, We'll start with New England side here. Cam, 16 points. Harris, 12. Burkhead, 22. And Jacoby Myers, 15. Uh, the Patriots seem to be finding their groove with the Cam, Harris, Burkhead-led backfield here. Uh, Burkhead has taken over the James White role, it seems. What happens with this backfield and Michelle once he comes back?
2: I bet you Michelle ends up being a little bit of the odd man out. It's it's Obviously, they don't have a huge allegiance to what you've done or the role you've had before. Otherwise, it's certainly fundamentally to me, watching the game and watching the stats feels like Burkhead has become white and white has become Burkhead. Um, and I'm not 100% sure why. why you know, why? Maybe... Cam feels better with Burkhead. We haven't heard much talked about it, but you know maybe James White's still struggling a little bit with what's happened. Obviously, you know, if something happened to my parents. I think I would take more than a couple of weeks to get over it. Yeah. Um. So oh, yeah, that sure. you know that could be totally understandable. But their offense, they seem to have found a groove using Harris and Burkhead and Jacoby Myers. Um. I think Myers was the only wide receiver that even had a fantasy point last time.
1: Yeah, I, well, that's what we talked about, right? I mean, we talked about it last week. Grab him off your waiver wires if you can, because he's going to be the guy. Him and Cam clearly have that chemistry, and we've seen that even in, in Carolina. When Cam has that chemistry with that one person, whether it was Greg Olson or the years Devin Funches was actually a thing, uh, or Kelvin Benjamin even, like he makes them extremely fantasy viable, and I would argue Jacoby Mars is probably better than Funches and, uh, and Kelvin Benjamin. So it'll be fun to watch him go forward Yeah. Michelle worries me a little bit just because it's Bill Belichick. And and you know we're going to see that game where it clearly looks like it should be a Harris-Burkhead type game. Michelle comes in, gets you three touchdowns and 120 yards rushing, and Harris does nothing the entire game. And it's, a, it's week 14 of your fantasy playoffs, and you're flipping shit because you just lost. So uh, I'm with you. I think Harris and Burkhead have played the best, you know, I, I can't say anything bad about white. Cause I'm with you. I, the fact that he's even playing, I, I don't understand. I, I couldn't, could not fathom losing both. Well, I, I guess technically both did not pass, but, I think it was his father that passed away in the his accident. His father
2: passed away, yeah. You know,
1: losing your father and your mother, being in critical condition. I, I can promise you if that happened to me, I would not even be doing this podcast every day, and it's pretty easy to just sit here and talk football. So uh, the I have to give nothing but props to him for to be able to do that. Uh, and so what he does on the football field I think is minuscule compared to what he's dealing with, as you just mentioned. Uh, so I'm not worried about White moving forward. And I think the fact that it, the way that the entire New England – Uh, organization talks about him, I think clearly echoes exactly what we're saying as well. So much props to him for being able to just even be able to be out there on the field and do what he's doing. Uh, But we'll see with Michelle. I'd like to say that it'll be Harrison and Burkett moving forward, but you just, you never know, unfortunately with new England. Uh, on Baltimore's side here, Lamar Jackson, 21 points, Gus Edwards, 8, Mark Ingram, 4, Dobbins, 2, Snead, 23, and Mark Andrews, 13. Uh, Ingram came back in, and the running game was a mess. What do the Ravens need to do to fix this, or can it be fixed?
2: I'm starting to think their offense can't can't really be fixed uh, for this year. You know, they seem – completely unable to get Hollywood Brown involved, or as we call him Encino Brown now, Salt Lake City Brown. (laughs) Just, you know, (coughs) Willie Sneed is fine and had a couple of touchdowns. Mark Andrews has not even consistently – they lost uh, Boyle. Um, He's out for the year now, so I wonder if that'll that'll get uh, more uptick for Andrews. Although – They've had to use tight ends to block. Um, I'm not going to say Lamar is bad, but he has not looked as dynamic uh, in any way. It was not a great weather game last night, but I feel like he was overcoming just everything and looked unstoppable last year. We haven't seen unstoppable Lamar Jackson to me at any point this season, um, and I I don't know they they're not a. Bad team but they're not incredibly impressive And from a fantasy standpoint oof, It's just a brutal Brutal play we had thought Andrew or Ingram was going to be out Again which yeah. I think would have Maybe helped but you know You see Ingram playing and Gus Edwards Still getting everything it seemed like Ingram playing took uh, They took mm-hmm. touches away from Dobbins Who if you would have asked me beforehand seemed like he has the potential to have the kind of big play potential as the guy that you should be getting more touch. So Dobbins and Brown as a receiver seem like kind of those guys can make those big splash plays. And instead of trying to get them more involved, it feels like they're getting less involved. Is that intentional? I don't know. Do they, do they not know how to fix it? I'm guessing that's part of it. They haven't looked right all year they didn't look great in that last playoff game we saw when tennessee kind of went in and stuck it to them and it feels like they have some hangover from that i'm gonna go back to
1: what i said in the off season where i won't say who but i was unfairly criticized i think on my takes on lamar jackson by some by some people uh i said it then defenses i think have now had a chance to figure this offense out It's not that hard. If you can find a defender to stay home on Lamar and stop him from running, he cannot beat you with his arm. And if you can stop this offensive game from running, they they cannot beat you. That's just the end of it, in my opinion. Mark Ingram has not looked the same. I'm with you. Why you don't get Dobbins the ball more, I have no idea. He's looked by far the best running back on that team. I don't know if it can be fixed. I saw the interview. I watched the whole thing because I wasn't sure if some of it got taken out of context. And I don't think Lamar was trying to like start any kind of like war inside his locker room. But he called out that defenses already know the plays that they're running. They're calling out the plays right before they run them uh, at times on the field which, again, goes back to what I said earlier in the season, what I thought was going to happen. When defenses study this team, they're going to learn out how to stop them. And and I think that's what's going on right now. Lamar is so talented that he's going to be able to find ways to keep Baltimore in it, but I, I honestly don't think they can be fixed. I, I said it earlier, and I'm going to stick with it. It is as bad as I think Indy and Tennessee kind of look. <laughs> so, Baltimore is the worst 6-3 team to me right now. I do not think that they're a good team at all.
2: Yeah, I mean – it's just very strange. Um kind of what's going, but you people were critical. You you've had Lamar as QB five for this year. I think right now, if you said he could get to QB five, people would take that in a in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think he's what QB twelve? Yeah, he's tracking at the at the low end. You're just and he has again has not been bad. He just oh, yeah. seen those uh, spectacular performances and what we've seen with guys like Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and Russell Wilson and Mahomes the way they've kind of stepped up and elevated their game Justin Herbert Deshaun Watson I mean he's sliding sliding further back I think he's gonna I think he'll still finish his QB1 but he's definitely gonna be in the bottom half and you're gonna be closer than any of us were.
1: Yeah, let's see here. So I was trying to pull it up really quick. So he is currently sitting as QB 11 right now, 11. Five points ahead of Bridgewater at 12. I did not expect to see Bridgewater. Though. Oh, <laughs> whoops. That's all players. I'm sorry. That's not correct. Give me a second. Let me go to QBs now.
2: Well, QBs are probably the top 12. He's nine.
1: He's nine. Uh, so he, he's nine overall right now. Like I said, Bridgewater, Tannehill, Wentz, all right behind him. My guy, Justin Herbert, sitting at seven. Let's fucking go. I love it. You love to see it. You just love to see it. Yeah, that's it. Again, me saying that is not a saying as like Lamar Jackson is not a good quarterback. He's an elite player in the NFL. I'm not taking that away from him, but he still, in my opinion, has not proved that he is a great passer of the ball, and that's always been my take is if you can stop them running the ball, I don't think he can beat you passing. We've seen him do it in one game, which was New England last year. That's it.
2: Well, and with that cluster of teams in the AFC right now, you know, all all in that range, this is the kind of okay but not good or great season where you could end yeah. up. You know, they it's very possible the way it's tracking. You have a ten win team that doesn't make even a seven team playoff field in the AFC. Yeah. and Baltimore, you know, they didn't. If they have a stumble against Cleveland and a couple of other stumbles down the stretch, they could easily find themselves kind of in that, in that range where you're on the bubble of not making it.
1: Let's see here. I was going to pull up their schedule really quick and see what they've got left. I know they play Pittsburgh one more time. And I know they've got so, oh well, they've got a get right game here in a minute. So they get Titans next week, which is going to be a massive game with both of them sitting at six and three, neither uh-huh. one being uh because the Colts technically now lead the division with beating them. So that that's a wild card matchup right there. Then they get the Steelers, then they get the Cowboys, so that's a get right game for them. Then they get Jacksonville, another get right game. Then you get, oh God, the Baltimore's gonna make the playoffs, folks. I'll just put it to you that way. Then they get Cleveland, <laughs> then they get the
2: Giants and the Bengals. So, <laughs>
1: they've got, like, five winnable games there at the ending. In Dallas, Jacksonville, but Giants, so Bengals. I
2: I'm I'm will sorry. just point out that I think all of us thought that they were going to cruise to an easy win uh, against the Patriots. And that didn't happen. I don't know
1: if I thought easy win, but I did think they were going to win, yes. I, I still believe in Bill's defense to slow them down a little bit, but I did not expect them to lose. I did expect Baltimore to win. I picked them to win. So, yeah, I mean, well... I say that in the fact that I don't expect Jacksonville to put up a fight, or you know, I don't expect them to win the game. I, I do expect Jacksonville to be able to, Jacksonville, Baltimore to win that game. That De- granted, Dallas gave Pitts Pittsburgh all it was worth, so maybe they do something. But I yeah, would so expect Baltimore next,
2: wins next game. two games. No luck. You beat Tennessee. They didn't even yeah. look like they were on the same field when they played Pittsburgh. If you yeah. go Thursday night game up, too, that it, is wait, well, wait 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 wait
1: Thanksgiving that's... night. It's the Ooh, prime time game I on Thanksgiving. I Love it. That is even better. I was hoping for some so, good Thanksgiving uh, game.
2: Yeah, it's the prime time game on Thanksgiving. Wow. So then you I don't could, look more than like
1: two days out, so I don't know. I don't know that.
2: You could potentially be rolling. You know, let's say they they rolled into. Dallas six and five. Yeah, maybe you win against Dallas, maybe you win against Jacksonville. You'd still be eight and five. They dropped that Cleveland game. That's where I'm talking about. There could, I think, the way we're tracking, we may well end up with a 10 and six team that doesn't make the playoffs. So they could still get to 10 wins, even with the games that you think they should win. And I think we both think they should win. I would say a game with the Browns is a coin flip, the game with the Titans is yeah, a coin I agree. flip, the game with the Steelers is a coin flip. They probably need to win at least one if not two of those games to have a good standing and that's that becomes a tall order and you have no room anymore to slip. We right. talked about the Giants are coming on. Maybe the Giants are a little frisky there because they can see the NFC East in their sights and they you know they clip you Division games are always hard. Cincinnati is gonna be trying its hardest to try to win. You know, we've seen them have some good performances. So yeah. the the problem, it seems, and what it feels like at least is the way this passing game is tracking. If you get a lead on Baltimore, they they have a problem. Yeah. Because they're not probably the team that's gonna come out there and throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns yeah. to go back into it. And that's, that's gotta be the sort of troubling part.
1: Well, see, and this is what we, we've got to, we've got to spend just an episode. I know people probably don't like to hear the NFL talk as much that they're here for fantasy, but we've got to spend an episode looking at this stuff because that's the thing. Like, I honestly think it comes down right now to four teams competing for that last, those last two spots. And it's Cleveland, Baltimore, Tennessee, and, and uh, Oakland, Las Vegas, Las Vegas already has the the win over the Browns. Here's the problem. The Browns have a couple easy games coming up, right? They do get the Giants, which again we just talked about could end up winning that. I could see the Giants beating the Browns. I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. They get the Jets, which you would think is going to be an easy win. They get the Jaguars and they get the Eagles, which Eagles again could be could be a win. But they get the Titans, Ravens and Steelers also in that in that run as well. If you beat Baltimore great, but then My fear, you you lose to Tennessee, which is a very losable game. They're on the road in Tennessee. We saw Tennessee beat the crap out of them last year. If they lose that game, I think my biggest fear is it comes down to Week 17 where the Browns play the Steelers and Baltimore gets Cincinnati. And I don't know if Cincinnati has that ability to get that big upset like they did a couple years ago to get Buffalo into the playoffs. So that's my biggest fear. If it comes down to that, I'm like – we're fucked. We're fucked, ladies and gentlemen. And unless Big Ben is like, you know what? We've only lost one game. We're in the playoffs as the number one seed. We're going to throw Mason Rudolph out there. And, hey, then maybe the Browns have a chance.
2: But Maybe they'll just throw actual Rudolph out there. They'll just get a red-nosed reindeer to take the snaps because it might be better.
1: It might be. You know, I, hey, never mind. I was going to make a bad Miles My- Garrett joke. All right, so. That'll do it for us today. We will be back tomorrow recapping the Vikings bear game in hopes that Allen Robinson decides he doesn't want to get hurt anymore because they've got a bye week next week. And he's just going to sit this one out after one catch for three yards. Thanks Allen. I appreciate it. I know you're watching right now. I really appreciate you not going off tonight. Uh, And then we'll talk waiver wire targets as well. We've mentioned some today, but we'll go in more in depth about waiver wire targets tomorrow. Enjoy the game. Hopefully you guys win your matchups and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready.
0: Do you got your on ready? I came like the room wide already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with the lead. Only tackle oh, they tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!